January 10th, 2015. It's a Watt from Pedro show.
Walk from Pedro show. Uh, actually, my first show of the year, huh? Um, so happy 2015. Last show I did was on New Year's. I think I was drinking. But I think, oh yeah, we got a guest, good people via the magic of uh, internet connection. Uh, east of the Rocky Mountains in Chicago, we got Rob Miller of Bloodshot Records. How you doing? Hey, yeah, it's, uh, we got a heat wave going on here. It's up to 14 degrees today. 14! Whoa! What do we got going here? 59 degrees. We had a little rain this morning, which is not too common for here. We're in a big drought. Uh, so 14 degrees. So that's many degrees below freezing. It is, but it's much more... It's much warmer than it was uh, two days ago when it was like four below. Is that with uh, what do they call that, that wind that's chill? Not with the wind chill, no, okay. wind chill was like thirty below. Because of uh, what's that, uh, Lake Michigan? Uh, it, was, it was something we we call an Alberta Clipper. The Alberta. <laughs> all, all this cold air racing down from Canada. <laughs> that's right, because there's no mountains. It's this free pass from the North Pole. You, you got it. It's it's a hundred miles, a lot of nothing that, that's taller than a corn silo. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then from the south, the Gulf of Mexico, that warm air, and that's why interesting uh, Midwest uh, weather. Yeah, those little things we call tornadoes. Right. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People on the coast don't understand. They don't understand a lot of things. They don't understand Chicago is is big shoulders. It's a big town. It is the big town if you're in the Midwest. Uh, it absolutely is. Coast people yeah. have no idea. It's it's trippy. I'm not just speaking for California, but over in, in the New York side, too. It's uh, trippy how we're ignorant of that. Luckily, I tore. In fact, I was I was born in Virginia, but I was actually conceived in Chicago. Uh, we, I, I, remember, I remember that from the uh, Langford episode. That's right. I t- that's right. Good people. I had uh, John Langford on the show uh, via the same kind of connection, and yeah, I related some stories. Uh, we started with John Coltrane doing Big Nick, and then Tiny Star by uh, Sawako and Dasuki uh, made Tiny. Uh, we're going to play a bunch of Bloodshot Records stuff. In fact, we did with. Uh, when John was on the show, a lot of uh, his releases on your label, and then stuff that uh, you, one of the many mics uh, flowed me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I grew up in Navy housing, so uh, none of us had first names, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Look, Rob, can you remember your first music memory? Uh, well... Yeah, it was, you know, like, it was Disney stuff, like uh, the Country Bear Jamboree or uh, Louis Prima singing uh, in the Jungle Book when I was, you know, six or seven or eight. I'm loving that stuff. So so, so somebody was playing your records, or was this off no, the radio? You no, know, stuff we had around the house that we'd go to the library and get. Okay. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of music in my house growing up. My, my mother loved show tunes, which I couldn't stand. I didn't like any kind of music whatsoever. And, and, and uh, where is this and when is this? I'm sorry? Where is this and when is this? In, in Detroit. Where? Uh, this would be in Detroit in, uh, you know, early 70s. Early 70s. I was born, I was, yeah, I was born in 65. So, so. so by that time, Motown's in L.A. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was, uh, yeah, Detroit was, you know, we all, all our great musical treasures by that point, we had kind of... Uh, buried them and forgotten about them Iggy, you know, the Stooges and right. the MC5 and, and P-Funk and all that were, uh, you know but by the time I got to high school, junior high and high school people didn't even talk about them that was gone it was, uh, it, it, it was D- Detroit Rock City you know, it was it was uh, Floyd and Zeppelin and, and <laughs> the, the Who and all that and uh, the Cobalt Hall much, nothing much beyond that the the, uh, the, in, the uh, what am I thinking Detroit, of? Co- uh, co- co- Kobo Hall or that that Kiss album, right? Coho. Yeah, that's that's where I saw my first show. Alice Cooper with uh, the Joe Perry Project opening up, and uh, a, a dude behind me threw up on me, and I had to go buy a concert T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about between uh, here and Bear Country Jamboree and getting puked on? What happened during that period there? Did you? Uh, yeah. You know, you're not buying show tunes, but you're buying records. You you got buys. I, I was, but you know, I turn on the radio in Detroit. We we had a radio station called uh, WLLZ, uh-huh. and it, and it was we the joke. Was, well, it wasn't even a joke. It was that it stood for a whole lot of Led Zeppelin, and uh, all the all the big hippie dudes and and burnouts. We called them. They just scared the shit out of me. So I, I and I would turn on the radio and try and. Uh, relate to what was going on in school, but it, it seemed like every time I turned on the radio, it would be Stairway to Heaven or Layla or something that would just go on forever. The, and it just bored me to tears. So I'd just go to the library and take out like George Carlin and Richard Pryor records and Bob Newhart and Monty Python. And, so yeah, you I like to a comedy record? Yeah, stand up comedy. D Boone turned me on to uh, George Carlin. I'd never heard of him. Yeah, Did you get into Lenny Bruce? And in fact, Lenny Bruce had a lot of problems in Chicago, I think. Uh, but so classic rock was your uh, nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it did not speak. I was really super bashful. And, and uh, you know, we had just moved from Detroit out to one of the suburbs. And, and, I, and I didn't fit in. And it just didn't speak to anything that I was experiencing and it just bored me to tears. So I would just, you know, read a lot and sit in my room and listen to comedy records. (laughs) Okay. Here, let's listen to some poetry. This is newness. Every little tawdry obstacle, glass wrapped and peculiar, glinting and clinking in a saint's falsetto. Only you don't know what to make of the sudden slippiness, the blind, white, awful, inaccessible slant. There's no getting up it by the words you know. No getting up by elephant or wheel or shoe. We have only come to look. You are too new to want the world in a glass hat. Are you an entertainer? We grope in the gloom of this stale hired room, yeah I'm a real performer I'll swallow this rum And blow coke up your bum Get the money Don't leave anything behind Just some pieces of your heart Fragments of your mind 
With something less than a whisper And just a flicker of her eye She could hold the whole room in her one dry palm Have them eaten out of her mouth And leave them hanging out to dry Damascus again at 30,000 feet I'm crying but I can't find a reason Missing all my new friends That I'll never meet again Get the money today is this Lawrence or Columbia I just can't tell it's my midweek crisis locked in my cell in the rest job motel get the money don't leave anything behind just some pieces of your heart fragments of your mind Went down with the curtain To laughter and applause He was certainly dead Before he hit the floor It's the only way to go, man, go That's what he always said After all those hours of waiting All the bottles, bottles. Get the money Don't leave anything behind Just some pieces of your heart Fragments Of your
Say that you're 
down on myself for a fight Yet another unknown in the famous Nashville night The cold gray sky got the writer's block Okay, I have the writer's block The sky is just over it Ever is always anew I'm frozen between times Moaning the meantime blue Stacks of old bills, the mounting molehills I dread. It's hard work keeping the roof off of your head. 
Dream away through the day job Straight home to pay my dues Roll up my sleeves, have a go And me some meantime blues And a soul will hopefully hold us through winter. It's gonna get cold, girl. I'll go and go with you. Little work on the last verse, then I come down to dinner. Reheated dream with some hell in the meantime blues. Ride it home in between, find me home. I'm on in the meantime blues After dinner and dishes I sit down and switch on the tea Feet unfreeze as the chorus occurs to me. Rockle bird and cold until the cold begins to gleam. Every crushing blow is ever focusing a dream.
Watch for Pedro's show. Uh, we heard uh, New Year on Dartmoor, a Sylvia Plath poem, Karen Schumer reading. Then we heard uh, Are You an Entertainer by John Langford and his Sadies. Uh, Danskable, Seven. Kyoka. Bit by Bub. Maeve Mills. He's got a new band, he just told me. I met him, uh, Rob, he was playing bass for Chumbawamba. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, Leeds guy. Great cat. Then uh, Pigeons for Swan by This. That's a good band name. Uh, Pop Group's got a brand new song called Mad Truth. They're going to be playing here in a couple months. Uh, Sugar by Barrett's Whitfield and the Savages. That's from your, your label there, Rob. Uh, Murdered by Death with Natural Pearl. They Don't Know by Lydia Loveless. Uh, the Crystal Water Springs by Luke Winslow King. Meantime Blues by Corey Brandon. And finally, Prove the World Wrong by Ha Ha Tonka. Okay, so b- uh, back to your musical journey. It was a rough one for you at first. Uh, as yeah, you know, high school every, and all every, every Monday in school, like everyone would show up to show up to school with their three quarter length jersey t shirts from whatever show they went to, and and uh, I, rem- I remember being in shop class. And some dude came in and said, uh, oh, man, Leonard Skinner was in a plane crash. They're dead. And, and I looked up at him and said, who's he? And then the guy, like, broke my project because I, I, I didn't know who Leonard Skinner was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Not enough cred for shop. What shop? Metal? Wood? Wood shop, yeah. Wood, yeah. I had three hours electric shop for my last three Yeah, hours. I'd be making things like, uh, you know, cool door stops and yeah, toilet uh, paper and stuff like that, and everyone else was making bongs. <laughs> to- toilet paper holder. I remember <laughs> I made one in wood shop. I remember Mr. Bowman was my, uh, this is junior high. And he held up both hands, and there's a couple fingers missing. He goes, "Today's lesson: safety class." Yeah, we, my, my, <laughs> Mr. Phillips, he had a finger missing. Really? <laughs> Bandsaw rock. Yeah. So and, and he would run well, around and go, "You kids, stop making your marijuana pipes." <laughs> Actually, oh yeah, wooden ones too. So yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. Like this Baron Whitfield pipe. It looks like a little George Washington. Yeah. Uh, it's a Napoleon. Napoleon. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, your reaction to this uh, lack of culture, culture at your school, uh, kind of pushed you in your direction, music-wise, right? Yeah, it just uh, I, I just felt completely depressed. I thought that uh, man, this is it. This is what music. This is what popular culture is, and I, I got no place in it. It's got no. It doesn't interest me at all. And then uh, I, I think uh, you know, on Fridays or Saturday Night Live or something, I saw Devo and. A friend of mine's older sister started bringing home Sex Pistols records and and stuff like that, and all of a sudden it was like I, I can I like this. Sure, <laughs> and, yeah. And I remember seeing uh, Talking Heads on Saturday Night Live and and going into school on Monday, and I was really excited because I finally had something to talk about with these people. Because every Monday they'd be like, "Oh, did you see who's on Saturday Night Live?" And it'd be somebody that I couldn't stand, yeah. or I thought it was really boring or something. And 
and I was like, hey, did you see those, you know, Talking Heads guys? And, and they were like, oh, they were New Wave. That's faggot music, you know? Oh, gee, what, what are you, a faggot? You like that kind of stuff? And they'd spit on I was like, well, I, I can't fucking win, you know? No. So I but luckily, high school. Luckily, high school ended, finally. Yes. Oh, thank God it did, yes. And then from there, would you start, uh, like, with Cabaret Metro, you started going to gigs? Well, I was I was still uh, in Michigan at that point. So I was oh, okay. To, then after that, it was like the, the, the dam burst. It was... Uh, what was going on know. there? Uh, Greek Town, right? Yeah, St. Andrews? St. Andrews Hall. The yeah. Freezer Theater was where all the hardcore shows were. Uh, yeah, I saw the Minutemen at Clutch Cargos. Clutch Cargos, right. Greystone. Yeah. Uh, there was some, uh, the little Polish town, Hamtramck, Paychecks. Yeah, Hamtramck, uh, Paychecks. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you start going to these, uh, this scene, these gigs. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was all of a sudden, this whole world opened up. You know, the Cramps and Gun Club and Black Flag and Circus. Was there a club? And, was there a club called City Club or something? I remember the yeah, first time. Yeah, uh, it was in the same place as Clutch Cargos. Okay, okay. It, it changed its name somewhere in there. That's right, because we played with Black Flag and a Negative Approach. Yeah, uh, I, I was there. And that was, the, that was his name, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think it was March of 83 or something. Uh, that, sounds, that sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is a whole different ca- crowd, right? It was a whole different feeling. You, you, you like this music. You like this. Yeah, well, it's just this sense of freedom that there was this whole other world out there. I mean, sure. I started listening to Jimmy Cliff and, you know, getting into jazz stuff. And I heard my first John Lee Hooker record. And, and it, you know, it's just this this whole world that it, I was made aware of it wasn't just FM radio and not just what all these lunkheads in school were listening to. There was this whole other world that uh, was was incredibly exciting and interesting to me. And, and pretty deep, yeah. I, I try, It's hard to relate to people because they only think about the wild hair and crazy clothes. But a lot of these people in the scene here, too, I learned much uh, uh Deep uh, music things, and compared to the arena rock, uh, shallow, you wouldn't want to do a belly flop into that swimming pool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so, okay, um, when do you make the move to uh, Chicago? Uh, I moved here uh, Labor Day 1991. Okay. To, uh, to, uh, ironically enough, get away from music. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I ended up doing a lot of production, stage managing, production managing, sound, stuff like that in in and around Chicago, uh, in Detroit and Flint and Ann Arbor and stuff. And I was at shows four or five nights a week, you know, first one in, last one out. Sure, sure. For, you know, for bands like uh, Nirvana, Jane's Addiction. Jesus Jones, you know, stuff like that, Danzig, all replacements, that whole kind of level. And then doing a lot of like metal festivals and stuff. And I was just completely fried. And, and if, if you're from the Midwest yeah. and you like living in a city at that point, you yeah. came to Chicago because Detroit was just dying on the vine. And uh, I came here and had some friends here and was looking around and I was like, wow, you can walk down the streets and there's neighborhoods and there's clubs and, there's stuff going on all the time and there's public transportation and it just seemed like, you know, I didn't want to move to LA. I didn't want to move to New York. And so I just like, there's a huge Michigan expat community here. Is there? 
Wow. Yeah, it's, it's like wow. you can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody from, from Detroit or Michigan. Well, we like when we st- uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, I was saying it's the big town for the Midwest. I know uh, my mom as a teenager grew up in Peoria, and her idea always was going to be Chicago, you know. Now, Peoria, yeah, absolutely. it's not Detroit, but maybe kind of similar. Situation. Yeah, you know, I, I, after, after high school got out, I couldn't get out of Detroit fast enough. I went out to the Bay Area for a couple years and and it was great and beautiful and all that but you know for me for a midwesterner it was just you know no offense it was just full of californians and it just felt kind of weird and <laughs> i ended up coming back you know back here there is a lot of californians out here <laughs> you are right <laughs> you are right. And I, that was great. That was a great couple of years. I mean, I saw Flipper and, you know. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Got to play with it. Uh, Fang and, you know, early Fang incarnation too. of the Melvins and that kind of stuff. And, and the weather, it's a little cool, but probably warmer from what you're used to. Yeah, it's good to move around, I think. and find uh, Young people, especially these days, aren't afraid to move around. So, 91, you come to Chicago. Uh, hey, we're at the end of the first hour. We'll pick up on your adventure from there. We're at the end of the first hour of the January 10th, 2015 edition of the Watt for Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. January 10th, 2015 is the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
So far to trouble So we go 
precious as a natural obsession for temptation, but he just can't see.
Watch for Pedro show. Start second hour off with uh, John Langford and Sadie's doing shipwreck. Then we had um, more of Barron's Wetfield and the Savages doing turn your damper down. Waterfalls from uh, Jose Gonzalez and August Familian. Uh, Dreaming Red by Murder by Death. Uh, Don't Stand at the Stove by Bobby Bear Jr.'s Young Criminal Starvation League. That's a name. <laughs> Part of Your Life, Echo Ishibashi with uh, Mr. Jim O'Rourke. He was a Chicago guy. Yeah. And Time Washes Everything by Dirty Beaches. I think the very last Dirty Beaches song. Uh, back here, Rob Miller, Bloodshot Records. So, 91, you moved to Chicago. And you start the label, what, 93? So th- yeah, end, end of 93, yeah. Music's a pernicious thing that way. I was, you know, well, tell, what's that I story? Tried, yeah, what's that tried, story? Tried to, get out of, tried to get out of it for a couple of years, but then, you know, you just end up, so much going on here, you just end up, I ended up going to so many clubs every night, and yeah, it just draws you back in. But, a kind of different level. Now you want to... Uh, not just experience move it, well, music, but put it out. Yeah, well, I, I mostly at the time wanted something to distract me from my shitty day job of drywalling houses and, and painting okay. you know, <laughs> crappy apartments. I, did, I didn't know that was going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, you know, how, how the bills got paid. And sure. uh, we just started, uh, we just thought we would put out this compilation of local bands Mostly well, as a way to, like I said, entertain ourselves. It was it was music we were seeing that was being ignored by everyone else that was well that was for, happening in town at the time. And first off, what about the name? That well, that, you know, you look in the you look in the mirror one morning and it just comes to you. <laughs> okay. Now, now, did you have an idea for the label? Did you have an idea for the label to have a sound? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It oh, was, you did. Uh, well, at the time, Chicago was getting uh, kind of overrun with A and R people. A lot of people were calling it the next Seattle because there was, you know, Liz Fair and the Smashing Pumpkins and Urge Overkill. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. And so sure. there was A and R people just trolling the the city, signing anyone with a guitar, and and there was this whole underground happening of people with who were taking uh, roots music and kind of fucking it up in their own way. Uh-huh. Uh, and and we thought no one was paying any attention to this. And there was 15, 20 bands that we put together in pretty short order and thought, let's just put them on a compilation. And, and the, the first idea was a comp. When me and D. Boone started label, that's the first thing we did was a comp. Yeah, it's, a, it's and that was the way that all these bands first got their music out there. Okay. And uh, so... What happened was you became a fan, you're going to the gigs, and then, hey, you became an A&R guy but for your own label. Or am I wrong? Yeah, no, that was absolutely, yeah, we were just, we were all kind of the same age, and yeah. we were all, all the bands were in the good clubs the same way, and, and it, it was kind of a, just a logical extension of what happened when I was going to all these clubs when I was a teenager and stuff and and seeing band labels like SST and Discord and Touch and Go and, and just, you know, you would, you would see the opening band hanging out in the crowd and it was a very, 
egalitarian populist kind of a vibe and yeah you know we didn't try to start a label necessarily we were just trying to document what was happening in the city at that time and and, and as far as like the sound it was yeah you know it was, it was stuff that interested me you know when when hardcore got a little tiresome which was which was pretty quickly um <laughs> you know there were bands like x and the panther burns and gun club sure. and tex and the horseheads and, oh that's what you meant by roots yeah cramps. so they were they were like doing all this stuff and i was always really interested in that and then this kind of seemed like their logical stepchild stepchild's children children <laughs> childs <laughs> here let's hear some more you know jelly Speaking of hardcore, <laughs> Jella just sent me a bunch of uh, alternative tentacle stuff that's brand new. In fact, his uh, Gitmo School of Medicine, as far as his, <laughs> let's listen to this uh, right now.
Watch for Pedro show. Uh, yeah, Stuff Jelly sent me here. Uh, the Dicks with Nobody Asked Me. Uh, imaginary People with uh, Wild Vile Flesh. Burned by Itchy O. New Questions by Franix. Raw Deal by Arnold Core. Yeah, this Arnold Core, all the songs are titles of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I guess these guys are. <laughs> Uh, um, the World Inferno Friendship Society with Taken Down a Peg. I Help Out the Squatters in the Subway. That's the title of the song. And Road Rage by Jella Biafra and the Guantanamo School of Medicine. Uh, here with Rob Miller talking about uh, the Bloodshot story. Okay, the first record was a comp. What was the next record? The, the second record was a comp as well. It was uh, okay. We we did the the first one was just all Chicago artists, and yeah. when we started sending it around with absolutely zero ex- expectation of anyone giving a shit, that uh, all of a sudden writers and bands from all over the country started saying, well, you know, we've got these kinds of bands happening in our city too. So we started reaching out to like the old ninety sevens in Dallas and. And some folks in uh, L.A. And, and the Bay Area and a couple bands from New York and a couple from uh, St. Louis. And, and the second album, Hellbent, came together real fast, uh, another compilation, and, and kind of put, put our name out there on a national level as being the label that is doing this kind of roots-oriented stuff. And, and it was a big surprise. You didn't know. It's still a big surprise. It's still a big surprise. <laughs> We're talking twenty years ago, more than twenty years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you were reaching and then, out, uh, and then shortly after that, we did the first old ninety sevens record and the first Wago Brothers record with with uh, Langford. Yeah, and uh, we went to CMJ that year, and they wouldn't take our band. The CMJ Music Festival in New York, they wouldn't take our band, so we just had a friend who had a friend who had a friend who let us use his bar on the Lower East Side and we just had a day party and all these bands played and at some point I walked outside and there was a huge line down the block and I was like, Jesus Christ, we went beyond something here. And there was Greel Marcus and uh, Robert Criscow, these two two longtime big writers were standing in line asking if I could get them in and, you know, it was, it was it, and since then it's been kind of uh, a... <laughs> An ongoing surprise. The whole Bob thing. gave you a B plus. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the second hour, January tenth, two thousand fifteen edition. Watch for Pedro show with Rob Miller, Bloodshot Records. Here, hold tight, people, for hour three. January tenth, two thousand fifteen. It's the third hour of the Watch for Pedro show. Thank you. 
Watford Pedro start off the third hour by first doing a bunch of talking without the machine being on record. So at least you people don't have to hear it the second time like poor Rob does. And the blue, the blue seahorse by Gaby Whitefish for Tom Tobacco started us off. Then Solitary One, Murder by Death. As I had said before, that's uh, the most recent Bloodshot release. In fact, it's not out until next month, so you people are getting sneak preview. Uh, Edward Scissor, uh, Edward Scissor's Hands by Dancing Rock Queens. <laughs> that's a bad name. <laughs> Domino. <laughs> that just rolls off the Yeah, I know, you know. You know, Dancing Rock Queens. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Domino. Sugar by Luke Winslow King. Yeah, well, he, he, that, that's a bloodshot artist, right? Yep, yeah, New Orleans guy. New Orleans guy, right. Okay, good-looking man. Uh, da, uh, the circuitous Dan Shea with fake-ass punk. And I, pointy bracket, pointing to the right, dive by black uh, at night by black helicopter. Stumble bum talk, fuck, Sorry. Selfish Emotion Labor Camp, that's where I belong. Gouge Above Need by Sterile Jets. And finally, Little Interim, brand new from Howie Reeve. Uh, he's mixing a B-side of something we did together, the two-bass thing. Uh, on with uh, Rob Miller here from Bloodshot Records. We're uh, talking about evolution from compilations to... Uh, albums by whole artists and, and blowing out the doors in an uninvited New York City <laughs> festival. CMJ crap. Well, I mean, yeah, and that, that, that mentality of, you know, I think that was something I learned in the punk scene was if, if there wasn't, if someone was saying, no, you can't play here, then we would just go find somewhere where we could. Absolutely. And right. that happened at South by Southwest when we first started going down there. And, and this year is our 20th anniversary party at a day party at a place called the Yard Dog Gallery uh-huh. where, yeah, they wouldn't let our bands in, so we just started doing this day party. Not have you know, to have it, was, to. it was just that ethic you learned back then of, of find a way, you know, if someone tells you not to do something, then there must be a reason and you should find out, a, you should find a reason how to do it. <laughs> right, right. There's a pop group song called Where There's a Will and they, one of the lines is, the way out is through the door, how come nobody uses it? <laughs> great great line you weren't you weren't you know well worn grooves you were into making your own path and letting the band speak for themselves by doing that that's why I asked you if there was a sound uh, yeah, I mean, to me, to me, it all makes sense. I can tie it all together, but I've got a pretty, you know, broad and bizarre record collection. So, so I can I can hear how it all ties together. You know, not everyone has, you know, Peggy Lee records next to Misfits records in their collection, next to Howlin' Wolf records, next to Minutemen records. You know, so I, sonically, I, I hear how people are taking you know, American roots forms and doing weird things with them or updating them or filtering them through their, uh, experiences and coming up with something new. You know, we always get shit about, uh, uh, Langford, you know, how dare this guy from Wales do country music. And 
and to me, it's like that's that's how stuff gets interesting. Is when when an outsider comes in and, and doesn't really know the rule book and just does things intuitively and organically, and then at the end of the day, you come up with something completely different and you know, interesting. You know about this Nick Tosh's book talking about the country? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it started off as minstrel and shit, and everyone just. Accepts that Hank Williams and Johnny Cash and Loretta Lynn, people like that, were were you know their 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 pillars, their their giant cornerstones of the form of music. But at the time, they were you know getting kicked off the Opry or not allowed to do this, or everyone hated the way Johnny Cash's guitar player played. You know he wasn't good enough. But now that's that's part of the history. So it's like that's that's where the interesting stuff happens to me is these people who are kind of just working intuitively and organically and not really paying attention to what you know self-described arbiters of authenticity are, are shoving down our throats self-described arbiters yeah self-appointed fuck the self-appointed yeah, I guess, I guess self-appointed, self-appointed arbiters yeah you know because people will always be like early on when we start putting out like robbie folks records or nico case records people were like oh that doesn't sound like a bloodshot record and it was like they wanted to put our, what we were doing into like a jar and put a label on it and put it up on a shelf and I was like, that's that's the same stuff I was trying to get away from, you know, earlier. In high school, orthodoxy. Let's hear some more yeah, music. Yeah. Music. It's like the orthodoxy of high school all of a sudden yeah. got translated into the orthodoxy of hardcore. Of like, that, you know, like guys were giving me shit for listening to Jimmy Cliff records. And then uh, country orthodoxy. All this yeah, orthodoxy. Exactly. Let's listen. Let's breathe deep and listen to some music here.
you can. Race horse with blinkers on. Quick as you can. Run. Go for it.
show uh last music we had uh doc shock from atomic sherpas brand new album by them cats uh plutonium farmers with outsiders in all brother sister daughter run go for it uh deeper d's aero dynamo citrus minor by lemon limes enemy gospel one by the Orange Disaster, and finally, Whispering City Warblers. That's Jay Massey's brother, Mike. The other Mike. Uh, so many mics out there. Yeah, on the show right now. Uh, with Rob Miller, Bloodshot Records. Really good uh, philosophy. I like what the label's about. Uh, if you had to give advice to somebody about the music record, what would you say? What would you give them? Uh, <laughs> Proceed with mulish determination. <laughs> mulish. Yes. That was a good band. And, you know, I, what I, what Do you remember I, that band, I, Mule? Learn as much as you can every aspect of the business. Because if you're in a band, you want to know every possible way that a promoter or a club or some how someone is going to try and screw you over or take advantage of you. Okay. Do everything on your own terms. Okay. You know, don't don't let anyone. That's why we stayed the size we are, so that we can keep as much control as we can. We didn't want to sell off parts of it or be, get really big and have bands have to go through like focus groups or you know anything like that we want them to have as much freedom as possible and we want to keep that freedom in our hands as well beautiful beautiful yeah and that's what we've been doing and 20 years later it's it's like people are patting us on the back and it's 
it's amazing and humbling. But you know, next week we've got a couple of European tours I got to start dealing with, and we got to start dealing with South by. It's like keep you keep your head down and you keep plugging away, and then okay, you won't get a pat. Come of it. You won't get a pat on the back from what you won't get a pat on the head, you, but you will get big. <laughs> Sweaty bear hug. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I love what you're doing, and keep on keeping on. It's been really an honor to have you on the show, Rob. Now the honor has been all mine. Respect. Sir. Okay, good people. It's been January 10th, 2015. Dishwater for Pedro shows. Great honor for me to have Rob Miller with Bloodshot Records. Keep on uh, letting that freak flag fly. It's beautiful, <laughs> and everybody out there, keep your powder dry.